This is the Engineering Enablement Podcast. I'm your host, Avi Noda. Today, we spoke with Marco Chirico from DoorDash. Marco leads the platform organization, which currently serves over 1,200 engineers. In our discussion, Marco explains the origin story of how the developer productivity team came into existence and how their organization is currently broken down. He also explains how he measures velocity and shares strategies for how to stay close to the developers you're building for. My name is Marco. I am the engineering manager for two teams at DoorDash. Uh, One team is called Developer Console and the other team is called Test Platform. They're both part of the developer platform organization that sits under the wider infrastructure organization. How would you, you know, do you have a charter for your team specifically? How would you define the mission of your team? Absolutely. Each of the two teams has a very well-defined charter. Actually, the reason why these teams were uh, born in the first place is because I wanted to have uh, well-defined charters and ownership model for both of them. Initially, there was just one team which was called Developer Productivity. The, the problem that I saw with this team is that the charter was too wide and the ownership was not that well-defined. And so I decided to split it into smaller teams that had a more focused um, set of concerns and ownership. And if I had to define the charters for both, uh, the mission for the developer console is to build a one-stop shop um, portal that can be the center of everything engineering at DoorDash. And Test Platform has a mission to promote testing as one of the core tenets of DoorDash engineering. And could you share sort of the origin story of this team? When was the team formed? How was it formed? And and why was it formed? Of course. So as I said before, originally there used to be uh, just one team that was called Developer Productivity. It was formed because, as you know, companies go through different stages in their life. And each stage has a set of priorities. Uh, When I joined DoorDash, it was very much in a startup kind of stage, which means the priority was to just deliver value to our customers quickly. And when that happens, you can hire more folks and that contributes to delivering more value. But with time, and with people coming and going, especially when you start approaching the four years mark, the first four years mark, um, knowledge is mainly tribal because nobody really has time to properly document stuff. Testing is not done or everybody has their own ways of testing. And there is no well-defined tech stack. So there are no well-defined processes. There are no well-defined frameworks. And so with time, that situation gets worse up to the point where hiring more folks slows everybody else down. So that's the moment when I think a company needs to focus on guidelines, patterns, and standards. And that's where, that's the situation that I I found DoorDash in. And that's why we thought of starting a developer productivity team. So when the team was founded and you were essentially employee number one on that team, what were some of the the very initial projects you took on and, and how were those decided? Yes, the team was funded uh, because both a uh, peer of mine and myself, we were working on very similar things, but we were just allocated to different teams. And so we thought of joining forces. And the first projects that we took ownership of were really coming 
out of the need for, they were coming out of incidents, honestly, out of production incidents. So there was an incident, there was an incident in which um, we had a huge, huge problem because we were starting our deployments with rolling updates on Kubernetes. And so the big drawbacks that we had, the big drawback that we had was we didn't have instant rollback. And so we thought of um, blue-green as the solution to this problem. Another problem we had at that time was there was no external monitoring of a user behavior. Like there was no, in, in terms, golden workflow synthetic tests. And that's another project we took on. So these are just like two examples of things that were very high impact and we took ownership of those because we thought it would be a great idea. Pretty much the same money. And as you mentioned earlier, at startups especially, there's this huge pressure for to have everyone just shipping features to customers. So I'm curious when you and your colleague had these ideas for kind of cross-cutting projects to improve developer productivity, did you get any pushback on forming a team around that or... or- you know, allocating time on that. I'm curious, you know, what you had to do to kind of get buy-in on that idea. That was absolutely not a problem because DoorDash leadership historically and has always been very in favor of investing folks' time and effort into making productivity of developers better. And we demonstrated that that was worth the investment. And look, and now we do have an entire developer platform work. That makes sense. So in your case, it sounds like you had pretty supportive, just executive leadership. So so it wasn't a difficult proposal to, to get buy-in on. I'm curious, as your group has evolved, how is... How have you evolved the way you decide what to what to tackle and what to focus on? I'm curious, how does your team operate today? How do you determine what the priorities are that should be worked on on a continuous basis? The way in which we figured out what we want to work on next is we have many sources and we do uh, take all the signals coming from the different sources, put them all together and then prioritize. What are these different sources? The first and foremost is the one that you will hear the most, which is surveys. We send out regular surveys to our engineers, asking them how they're doing and um, asking them what can we do to improve their life without their pain points. Like the, no big surprises there, right? But personally, I, I'm not a big fan of surveys. And I think that when somebody asks me what's wrong, I might give them one out of, 20 or 25 things that are actually wrong just because it's not the time in which I am experiencing the issue. And so that's the reason why surveys matter up to a certain point. What we have is ask, we call them ask-star Slack channels. Pretty much every uh, customer facing, when obviously customers are DoorDash engineers, Every customer facing um, team at DoorDash has an ask channel on Slack and other teams can drop in that channel their questions, their requests for comments, or they can say, hey, I'm stuck, please help me out. And so that's a great source of signals for pain points and problems in the moment in which they actually experiencing it. So surveys, Slack channels. Also, there is another... um, Another thing that historically have, has been one one tricky um, 
one ticketing to achieve, which is getting to know our customers properly. And it's easy to develop things for our customers. And then we deliver these things to our engineers and it happens that they tell us, yeah, this is not useful to us or this is not really what we want or what we need. And so one of the things that I I started was specifically for the test platform team was an ambassadorship kind of model where every quarter I was dedicating one person to establish a well-defined relationship with another team. And I started with the teams that were more distant from us in terms of the engineering orgs. And it is amazing how many results you can get by having these folks collaborate together. The next thing, finally, that we started to promote was a roadshow. A roadshow where we were going to each and every team in a popcorn-style fashion, just presenting ourselves. It was like, hey, this is who we are. This is what we do. Who are you? What do you do? And how can we work together towards the next milestone in your uh, in your project or how can we put your needs in our roadmap and so this also creates a bi-directional channel that pretty much used daily that's the beauty of it like you now talk with your customers on a daily basis and they are sitting at the table when you're developing your features and so when my folks ask me hey mark i'm developing this new feature how can i get feedback on the uh, even before starting the design, how can we get a list of requirements together with them? I already know what are the folks that I can point themselves at and have them work together. That's a really interesting set of strategies. I'd, I'd love to dig into some of those a little bit more. I'm curious to learn a little bit more about that ambassadorship. I'm sorry, ambassadorship mm-hmm. program. How does that work? Are you having developers essentially, you know, developers from your team join? a product-facing or customer-facing team for a period of time, or is it a day? How's that structured? So the way in which uh, we've started this is, first of all, there are many orgs at DoorDash that tackle very different use cases, very different workflows. There's not just food delivery. There are way more things than that. And for example, there is Drive, there is DoorDash for Work, there is Storefront. And so um, what happens is that usually when you start developing a testing solution, for example, you take into account actors and use cases for the main workflow, but you tend to, and you tend to prioritize that because that's what covers most of the business. And so what I did was when I started the ambassadorship program, I started with the folks that were left out previously by our, by our plans, just because of priorities. And so I got them in a room with my engineers and I pretty much asked them, what can we do for you? And some of them were actually, they were pretty, I wouldn't say angry, but they were frustrated by the fact that they were not given attention when developing such, such solutions. And then what we started doing is having weekly meetings where I was not in the room only my ambassador was in the room. So I, I was also, you know, giving them full leadership over the matter. They were sitting down, they were coming up, coming up with a list of requirements and deliverables. So it was not us just working for them. It was them working together, for example, to create a new test of actors for their workflow or, or a new feature in one of our, in one of our portals. 
And there was a shared Slack channel where they could just drop questions. And, you know, that's that was just the start. So weekly meetings, Slack channels, give them instructions to have clear deliverables and clear timelines. And one actually of these models, of these uh, interactions, got us to deliver the first pilot of our new sandboxes, which is a huge, huge milestone for testing at DoorDash. So I was amazed by how much you can achieve with so little effort. That's a fascinating story. I'm you, you mentioned that Slack channel again. That's a strategy we've heard from other teams as well. I'm curious, you know, what kind of engagement do you see on in that Slack channel? And has that been a challenge for you to you know, make sure developers are aware of that channel? How do you sort of advertise that channel and make sure that it's, it's really a, a healthy and active channel of feedback? So these Slack channels that I mentioned, they're mainly uh, for the two teams. So my team and the, the counterpart, the, the folks that are working with them. And so honestly, what I did was just create them and add, add those stakeholders and everything. And then they took over. And when it comes to uh, the Ask channels that I mentioned before, however, those are and always have been in the culture. Like we, we are very Slack-centric for a lot of our stuff. And so... Dorash engineers, the first thing they think about when they have something to ask is to go and drop a question to one of the ask-something channels. So discoverability or like having folks be aware about them is, is not a problem. Gotcha. That makes sense. So the discoverability is just kind of a DoorDash-wide thing where it's a convention developers are already used to. So that, that makes sense. Yes. Earlier, you talked about some of the, the challenges or gripes you have with surveys. Can you share more about how often you run surveys? How long are those surveys? What kinds of questions you ask? So we usually do a survey per quarter. And we send them out to the entire engineering org. And the, the problem... The many problems that we have with service that I see at least with service, because there are other folks that are actually uh, that love that kind of model, is that you can't have. It's very hard to tune the questions. Like if they're too generic, folks end up saying, "Okay, but what do I really need to write here?" Or nothing comes to mind. If they're too specific, you might leave out signals that might actually matter. If there's too many. Folks are like, I'm not going to spend half an hour on a survey. If there's not enough, again, you risk of not capturing what you want to. And so we've tried separate things. The first one was a bit more complex. The second one was slightly less complex, and we got a slightly better um, set of signals. Through these surveys, I think they work up to a certain point. They need to be complemented, which is what I was mentioning before. And in your case, when you run these surveys, are the results really just for your teams or are these results you're sharing back to all the managers of the individual teams? What's kind of the follow-up workflow around these? So usually you send out these surveys um, for a specific team. For example, I send out two, one for developer console and the other one for test platform. And what we do is uh, we sit down with all the managers in the developer platform org, because sometimes there are signals from there that can be useful to more than just one team. 
And I also sit down with the team and I show them the results of the survey and we discuss on what can we do in the next quarter to address some of the pain points or concerns that are coming from the survey. And I share with them when folks say we're doing a great job because that's that's good as well. That makes sense. Switching topics a little bit, how do you approach measuring your team's success? What are the types of maybe metrics you look at or you know other types of signals you use to really understand whether your team is having an impact? Yes, that's a, a very nice question. And it's uh, it's happening actually in these days that one of my peers, Gerke, so he takes all the credit for this work. He has started an internal research and document that aims at giving us a very well-defined framework to measure how we're doing, to measure the productivity of our engineers, which I believe in the end will also lead us to be more data-driven in the decision we make in the planning phase. And his proposal has been to use the SPACE framework, which is very well known in the industry. And as you know, all the five categories in the SPACE framework, they're very high level. And so our job has been to take these five categories and try to match all of them with specific metrics that were taking these categories and bringing them to a more actual and measurable values in the DoorDash ecosystem. And to do so, we've created a matrix. So we split the software development lifecycle in all of its phases, from like onboarding to deployment, maintenance, and so on. And we've put on one axis all these uh, phases of the software development lifecycle. We've put on the other one, the space framework categories. And each cell at the intersection of the two, we've put one of or more metrics. So, for example, satisfaction in development phase might be how satisfied somebody is with the tooling or how satisfied you are with the documentation so this is still coming out of some sort of survey but there are things that are way way more measurable like performance in the onboarding how long does it take for new hire to land their 10th pr and for all of these metrics we are established slos and so now we have a status for each of these metrics which is either red or green or yellow, which also lines up with the way we think about OKRs. So this is the way in which our thinking process is evolving. At the end of the day, what we want to have is metrics where we have colors that tell us where we need to invest the most or where we're doing well. Sounds like a big initiative. Who's the primary customer of, of these metrics? Is it primarily your teams or is, are these metrics being propagated to all managers across the org and all teams? So initially, this is going to be how the developer platform org, so our org, evaluates their, their, their job and they plan for the future. But I think everybody can benefit from these metrics. And one of the things that I think we will be working on in the future is to out how to make these metrics widely available to everybody without giving anybody the chance to uh, gamify them yeah. or to keep uh, or keeping them completely uh, blameless for example because this 
this is not the way in which I'd like somebody to say, you're not doing a good job. Absolutely not. These metrics serve the purpose of saying, this is where we need to invest so that everything on the metrics can be green. That makes sense. And for other companies that may be trying to adopt the space framework, how are you actually collecting all these different signals and what sort of tools are you using to, to build this dashboard? So we haven't gotten to that phase yet, but the way in which we're collecting the majority of the metrics is to act- is by actually running the some periodic jobs that collect this data across all of our uh, tech stack. And these metrics then can be emitted, for example, to our Prometheus or Chronosphere dashboards. Or And I think in the end, what we'll do is we're going to collect these metrics and show them in our own developer console, which will also allow us to kind of tune the view according to the role of the user. If you're a manager, if you're an IC, if you're a director, uh, the, the, the data that you want to see in there changes. But this is for a bit, a bit far in the future. We speak to a lot of leaders of these groups, and it's really interesting to hear the different kind of challenges and pain points they have. What's something that's keeping you up at night? as far as leading this group? Leading this group for me is exciting because you get to really influence in a positive way, hopefully, the life of our engineers. What's keeping me up at night is, specifically for Developer Console, is the ability to have a unified experience. I'd like all of my engineers to just open up the developer console and find in there everything they might need. We're a service-oriented architecture. And so the first thing that we start is the ecosystem of our services and everything that evolves around it. When it comes to this platform, the thing that I, I'm we're really pushing towards is to provide our developers with the means of using our tools in a way that they don't even realize that they're using them. So the, the user experience, the, the look and feel, it needs to be so such a no-brainer that it's going to be harder for them not to use our tools. 